Hey guys, thanks for joining in and listening to another podcast of mine. Whether you've found me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or somebody has very politely shared me, I really, really appreciate it. Today I'm listening to, uh, I say I'm listening, I'm not listening. Well, I am listening, but you're listening, most importantly. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, but today I'm talking to Mr. Christopher Taylor, who um, has got an incredible story when uh, he was uh, addicted to gambling at the age of 18, I think, and then started his first business by accident at 21, and that was in property. And now he is a Instagram marketing professional, uh, and he is absolutely incredible at what he does, let me tell you. If you don't know Chris, check him out, follow him, listen to everything he's got to say. Well, actually, you know, you listen to what, uh, what the hell you want to listen to, but uh, if I were you, I'd listen to it all. And especially the final minute, because that is where it all kicks off. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast number nine. Right, guys, we are rocking and rolling once again. And uh, today I am absolutely delighted, not only that the sun is shining, uh, but actually that I've got I've got a chap on the podcast today who I've followed for quite some time, uh, mainly because of his uh, uh, serviced accommodation stroke HMO property business that he was doing quite successfully. And I really followed his journey over a short period of time. And and, uh, and I, I think I woke up one morning and all of a sudden uh, he was Instagram famous. Uh, and, and, and I'm really, really lucky to get him on here. So for anybody who is interested in property uh, or actually interested in, 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 uh, in growing their social media, their Instagram or their personal brand, then this guy is an absolute genius. And uh, at the, uh, he's at a ripe old age. Of thirty-five. No, I'm only kidding. He's actually. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you his age. I'm going to give it away. But uh, let's kick it off, Mr. Chris Taylor. Can you please introduce yourself? Uh, thank you very much, Andrew. It's um, a pleasure to be invited onto your podcast. Actually, which is um, I wasn't expecting the invitation. I've 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 seen other people on your podcast, and it's always amazing to be able to get like invited on and stuff. But um, but yeah, you covered my background briefly on there I, I i didn't know you were until we literally spoke a minute ago i didn't know that you'd followed me from the airbnb side like i thought when i first started like building up my um my social media presence it had no like strategy behind it it was very raw very much i think i listened to like a gary vaynerchuk video like when i first started in business and he was like document your journey don't create document 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 and i'm like all right okay um i'll give it a go and see if see if it happens and like yeah. from there what happened it it was mental because i i think struck a bit of a a bit of a gold mine really because no one was talking about Airbnb or surface accommodation on Instagram mainly, which was like my primary focus. Like I saw that as probably like my best channel to go after. And I'm sure we'll dive into why that was um, yeah. at some point during tonight. But um, for me, it was just about where can I get the most amount of content out without 
like annoying people you know when you like you see the same face over and over and over again it's like i don't want any hate i like i just want to be liked and just get my story out there because some random american dudes just told me to and it, it just like snowballed and we were i was lucky enough to have a business partner at the time and i kind of was like the face of the company do all like the branding the marketing um like upfront raising joint venture finance and all that sort of thing and then he ran the operations and dealt with all the shitty guests that came across and all of that thing. So, yeah, it was um, it was a weird one because my Instagram profile completely snowballed from there. And um, I kind well, of – go on. I was going to say, so so for anybody who's, who's sort of not if – if anybody who looks onto Chris's Instagram right now, which I'm sure if, if, if anybody's interested, they're going to pause this podcast. Hopefully don't pause the podcast. Do it during <laughs> – um, but they'll jump onto Chris's profile and you'll see a sort of very, uh, uh, in my opinion, slick, but not corporate, uh, very welcoming and actually give away so much content in terms of how to build but, but, uh, but their, their Instagram. But I jumped on your podcast. I think, I honestly think it was, if I can remember rightly, and you correct me if I'm wrong, at the point of you leaving your job. Yes. Am I yeah, right? I, think, I mean, how, you know, how, long ago, how long ago was this? That was December 20, I think it was 18. Yeah, uh, 20, December 2018. So it was about oh. just over a year and a bit ago. Okay, let's, before, I'll tell you what, let me, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip the podcast on its head because so far yeah. when I've been interviewing these guests, I have been starting with the journey and ending with where they are now, what they're going to do, what's been changing. I want to flip it around now. What, what are you doing now? What is Chris Taylor? Um, what do you do? What is your, you've got a, a number of businesses Give me, give it, give me, give everybody else an overview as to where you are snapshot right now. Cool. Um, yeah. So I, my main focus is my Instagram marketing agency. Uh, so it, so it focuses on building personal and business brands, both in the business to consumer and business to business space. So we help grow accounts, create content is our speciality um, to then take a follower on a journey from someone who doesn't know who you currently are through to a loyal paying customer. So we deal with everything from finding the potential client to then building relationships up with them online to then funneling them through to a landing page where you can then nurture therefore and after. Um, and so, that's the main focus. And so do you start with uh, sort of profiling a, a, a business's ideal client and understanding all of that? Yeah, so my that business was born out of the expert world. So helping basically people build personal brands. So I was on a, a mastermind that a guy called Nick James um, ran. He was a business partner of mine for a short time. And he basically had the Instagram idea. He was like, dude, you've made so much money from this platform. Why are you wasting your time teaching property when you've got a massive opportunity here to teach something that no one else is teaching? I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot, see how, see, see how it goes. And to be fair, the strategies that we use, I did realize quite quickly, it works on any industry um, for any business that you've got. As long as you've got someone that wants to be the face and wants to be known for what it is that you do, whether you're the director of the company or you're a salesperson or whatever it is, there's a way for you to be able to leverage Instagram. And to be honest, any other social media platform to be able to generate leads for your company. That's kind of the main, I guess, uh, persona that we try to give off from our business. And so, okay, so that's your main top business. So it's and is it predominantly or only Instagram? Or do you work on a number of the social media or marketing platforms? 
So when we first started, it was quite broad in terms of people didn't just want Instagram. They wanted a Facebook. They wanted LinkedIn. The strategies worked across them all. But as I've now transitioned, my speciality is Instagram. That's like where I get the best results. So we focus solely on because we can distribute content everywhere from there. But Instagram is a central platform. That's where we look to go. What? So what? If you're, let's just say, okay, what, what what's best for Instagram? You're probably going to tell me all of them, but maybe you can delve into it a little bit more. What's best for Instagram? A a, a little startup. I've, I've used the candle making uh, as an example. I don't know where it's come from, but a vegan candle maker startup business. I put somebody who just wants to be an influencer, and I want you to explain what an influencer is as well or perhaps a big business maybe not a big yeah a big business that's maybe let's just say like a a, a, a solicitor firm that's been running since 1864 that's got its <laughs> old school clients what do, would you say is the sort of ideal business person or whatever it might be for instagram yeah, I think I think there's low anybody can make money from this platform, right? As long as you've got a business idea which is solid and you can sell and close, like Instagram is just a way for you to generate traffic. As that's literally all it is. So whether you're a solicitor, and I guess if I was gonna, I guess I'll, I'll show you how I would work it, right? So a lot of people think the old boring corporate business uh, businesses that are out there don't work on Instagram. They don't belong there. Now the thing for me is is that we've got to play a longer term branding game with social media. It's not about, this isn't paid media, this is all organic that we specialize in. So it's not about getting instant results. What it's doing is about, if you're a solicitor who only works in a specific area or an accountant only works in a specific area, you need to become the most well-known solicitor and accountant in that area. So when everyone's looking for a problem, you're the name that comes up. So we would literally build a content strategy, which is basically all it's saying is providing value out there for people that are solving problems that the everyday um, issue or customer would come in and ask a solicitor or an accountant. So right now, COVID-19, biggest trending topic of all time. <laughs> if I was an accountant or a solicitor, I would literally be pumping out content, which is helping people get through this time in their specific niche or industry. Because if you help people now in six months time, when they do need someone to do your job, you're the person, you're the company that they're going to think of. So a very simple explanation, but any company will work on there. We've had estate agents that we've worked with. We've had finance brokers. We've had um, expert trainers and coaches. We've worked with every single, I guess, we've had a doctors come in, a dentist. Like we've had so many different companies come through, and it's just a positioning piece. That's all it is. Okay. So uh, talk to me about the influencer market, because I think it's fair to say that most – it being an influencer – is I think it's gone through. I think personally, it's gone through that trend of be, of being this this oh re, you know really what is this sort of social media person doing? To actually now it's becoming or has become, and it's cemented itself in it's 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 a business. Somebody can actually make money very well from it and very reputable. So if you've got somebody out there who's not a celebrity, they've not been on X on the beach. Uh, <laughs> how, how could somebody become an influencer? And what is an influencer? How does it work? Yeah, cool. So an influencer, quite simply, is a person with power with a network of people. So an influencer would be someone where they've got a an audience or a community that buys into the message that they're delivering. 
Now that comes in many different formats that could come in a fitness format. So they've got a, a loyal following, which buy into the workouts or the training or the nutrition they deliver. It could be a mortgage broker who gives expert advice and has got a huge um, community and people behind them where if they say something, people listen. That's the key aspect with being a person of influence. When you are an influencer, you actually don't like the saying because actually you're just a normal person who's just trying to spread their message to the masses, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but there's normally two different elements of the way being an influencer would work. You've got sponsorships and working with businesses where you put their products and services out to your audience and basically say how amazing it is as long as you have the morals and actually believe the product's amazing, caveat. Um, and then you also have the fact where – so that would be a paid deal where they would pay you to advertise on on your account or there is the reciprocated bit where they will give you something for free in exchange for the shout out or the um the post that you put out talking about their product or service so we had in in november for instance rather than getting money a hotel invited uh, me out to dubai to come and basically just stay in um, in their place put on some events for us just to just to talk about it um, so you've got two different elements, paid and also free stuff, which actually I quite like. I was going to say, I bet that was, I bet that was, annoying. I bet that was annoying, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, come over here to Dubai and oh, stay in a hotel and promote our business. Yeah, go on. You know then. what? It's so random because like I'm sitting here thinking, who on earth is going to, especially with my audience, going to give a crap that I'm staying in your suite? Like it just doesn't, doesn't really matter, but they get a kick out of it. So I'm like, I'm not going to say no. Kind of. <laughs> Do you, I don't blame you. Do you, do you get approached by people who are either are influencers, but maybe have tailed off a little bit or people who want to become influencers? Do you get approached by them? And, and what's your advice? How does that work? Yeah, we, we, we do. I mean, I mainly got into that space through a, through a contact that I had at the time that introduced me to that world because I didn't have any access to it before. It's happened in like September time. Um, but we have people that go on to like Love Island, get a huge amount of exposure and then don't know what to do with the audience. Um, and it's actually quite a tricky thing to try and measure because you take Love Island, for instance, and um, you're a good looking guy who's gone on. And you've just basically got a load of females that have followed you on Instagram. It's quite hard to then monetize the audience where actually you're probably going to have my protein approach you you're gonna have Gymshark approach you where you're going to be demonstrating clothing for men but actually 75 percent of your following is women so it kind of contradicts itself with the way that it works but yeah, yeah we work with um many people that have got followings and communities but don't know how to monetize it so my biggest strategy isn't around growing a huge massive following it's more about creating the business at the back end for people to be able to generate consistent flow of leads and a steady income for themselves because i mean the idea was born there was um there was a guy that to be fair, bless his soul, he committed suicide after coming off um, a show like Love Island. And it was mainly because they get put into this incredible lifestyle where they're given so much free stuff. But actually, once the next series of it comes on, they're forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And Mike had basically gone in, had all this flipping exposure to the world of what he could have. And he, he racked up a load of debt, got himself into a bit of trouble and ended up obviously committing suicide and for me that was the biggest kick is like we've got to find a way of helping those sorts of people who are thrown into the deep end of everything that's possible 
uh, and then can't create a substantial income, which is sustainable and actually gives them a bit of fulfillment as well. So that was one of the ways that my influencer work um, came from was that sort of um, scenario. And, um, it's something I love now, love doing it. So how how, um, how how on earth do you get into this? Because you, you're you're a, you're a youngish chap. You're you're definitely you know for, for anybody who I'm not just saying this. You know for anybody who's interested, it, it's worth following Chris, looking at his journey, seeing where he's going. It, it, for me, you have established credibility. So I'm not questioning you from my perspective. But for anybody who hasn't got a clue and they're just thinking, oh, this guy got a few followers on Instagram. What 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 sort of gives you the credibility to do it? You know, tell me about a little bit about the journey. How did you come to that? Yeah, so to be honest, like you re- we rewind back to like three years ago now. Um, I was like a nobody. I actually, my background, I wanted to be a cricketer. My dad played for England, and um, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to basically follow in his footsteps. And I was eighteen, got a back injury, and basically couldn't play anymore. I was playing some. Um, a high level of cricket at the time and it got injured and it basically stopped me from playing at that sort of standard forever it like ended my career so where did you which 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 county did you dad play was he playing for county cricket as well as he played county cricket he played for Northamptonshire for for years um, which Ooh. is obviously where I'm from <laughs> it's only then, um... on this one mate <laughs> <laughs> and then he um he actually his first club was Derby, so he played for Derbyshire for a for a number of years as well. But okay. um yeah, yeah, he played three tests for England. Um wow. and yeah, it was it was something that I always wanted to do but but couldn't. And at the time, you know, like you've literally been training for something day in, day out. This is the only route that's available. I did very I did all right in school, I didn't I do badly or well, I was just an average student and got to the end of it. I'm like, now don't really know what to do. So I, um, I got myself a job, worked my way up into a sales role, and then got hit with a with a Facebook ad from a property training company that I'm sure a lot of people have been hit with. And it was like, change your life, um, become a millionaire, assets are all about building your assets, building your wealth, um, millionaire in 12 months. I'm like, okay, I'll click. Um, and <laughs> from there, I got trapped into this whole world of property. And we built up, like, long story short, we built up an Airbnb company, um, which, to be fair, it's like my proudest achievement. Like we did, although Airbnb is a massive revenue game, like the profit margins on it are a lot smaller compared to other strategies. I always say that it's one of the most important things to say. But we were running 65 units across the country. Um, this wasn't just me; it was me and a, a two other business. Well, one main business partner, and we have two others um, that were in the kind of the background running the company. Um, we had a team of people helping us, and it it scaled in honestly too quickly for me. Um, it was it was a lot to take on, and a lot of responsibility for someone that was one very naive uh, in business, and also didn't really know how to run one. Um, I was very very good at getting my message across and understanding the numbers and how properties would work. Uh, and then from that, I, I, sorry, Chris, and um, this is an right. interesting point. How, how old how old were you at the point of this going on? Because you know what what I've established in these conversations and and uh, you know listening to to business people, entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera, is you do always have a difficult moment. How old were you and what was the motivation? Because you just said you clicked on this thing and you found yourself in the rabbit hole and you kind of went for it. <laughs> See, some people sort of have the motivation to say, right, I'm going to strive for it. Was it that you just found yourself deep in it and you were going for it? Because having 60, managing or let's say controlling 65 properties across the UK in in in, in layman's terms, is an extremely credible and you know successful achievement because that's mm. not easy to do. 
So how old were you and what was the motivation behind it? Or did you just literally find yourself in it? Um, I mean, I, I literally found myself, found it. We, we did one process, it worked. We just kept repeating and repeating it. Like a lot of people, I think, complicate property in the way that it works. And especially the strategy that we were in. Like we kind of had the, I guess it was a naive thought approach to it because everyone else had all these obstacles. And we were like, just young, I think ambitious. Like I was 23 at the time when I started. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. We're not going to go half-heartedly. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have the nice cars and houses. I was very egotistical back then about I wanted to show off. And that was, uh, I've learned from that like really quickly. Um, but we we scaled so quickly and took all the obstacles out of the way and just went at it. All we're doing is renting a house. Um, it was going to make money. We had investors that were making money from it. We didn't put any complications in there. And that was that was an error to assume that every property was going to make money because at some point we hit, I always believe we hit the Airbnb market at the most lucrative time um, because once we hit it, we were established making a lot of money. Um, it hit a point where everyone else piled in on the strategy. And unless you diversed and went after a certain type of booking, it became very, very difficult to remain profitable. And as we have all seen now, the industry is really struggling. Um, and unless you've got those corporate contacts that are gold, um, a lot of people are going to lose their property businesses right now. It's a tough time. What was your strategy then? Was it rent Was it rent to rent? Were you, what was the strategy? So rent to rent had a few um, difficult points around it, mainly around the serviced accommodation and Airbnb. It was around the VAT element. Um, we went down trying to find different ways to make our business model as profitable as possible. And we we understood that managing property and becoming almost a letting agent was the most effective way to do it. So we were sourcing property deals, um, having skin in the game with the investor to make sure that we were we were doing everything that we could to to generate revenue for those for those properties uh, and then managing it on a percentage of revenue basis. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So uh, you you were doing this because this is at the point of the journey that I jumped in. And I say I jumped in. I actually don't know who, where, why and what. But obviously, I've had a keen interest in property since I was probably 16. And I've been an agent for, I think, 13 years now. So it was just a follow. And uh, like I say, in the blink of an eye, it seemed that it was Chris Taylor. And what was the name of the, was it Lloyd? Low Light Homes, it was. Low Light Homes. And so were you, you were working full time and then you went, you were working and then you went to property full time. Yeah. So me and my business partner at the time, we set a target from when we started so that we started in February. Um, I think it was 2018, the year was. I always forget years. I'm rubbish with them. Um, and we said, basically, by the end of the year, we want to be both out of our jobs and we want 10 units performing at this profit margin to be able to do it. And it was only at those key stages that we then handed our notices in. So Steve left on in September, then I followed in the in the December. Are you still with Steve now? Does he still get involved and stuff? Um, he still has the property business. I'm actually no longer a part of that because of the, the Instagram stuff that, that's, yeah. that's taken off. I still do um, like some help other property people when we've got like shares in a sourcing business and a property development company. Um, but my, my main strength is marketing. So I, so okay. I stick to that now. I suppose anybody who's got an interest in property and that's their business comes to you. You've got, you've got, you've got experience in that. Uh, and that's fair play. Do you believe, Chris, do you believe there is money to be made with 
no money down property buying. You, know, you see all these, don't you? No money down buying property, blah blah blah. You see it all the time. What's your opinion on that? I mean, no, no property, property, no money down deals do exist. Um, just, I mean, but it's not as if you get a free house. That's the thing that I can't stand when I see advertisements these days. And I think Facebook are doing a good job of pulling them down now. You can't get anything in terms of financial freedom anywhere near a Facebook ad anymore, which I think is really, 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 really good. I think there are some good property trainers out there. We went through a good property training company. I think there are some bad ones, um, yeah. but I think. No money down deals exist, um, but it's not the, it's the more the fact that you don't use your own money. Um, I think that's the key the key element. You're using an investor's money, which I think when you're first starting out, you probably don't, especially when you're new and you don't really understand the concepts of money. It's just a number on a screen. You've got to have the thought element, which is what I really did focus on right at the beginning, is that you treat that money as your own. So no money down, although our deals were none of our own money down, we were treating it like our, like they were purely because we needed the result for us and our investor. Um, that was how we that's how we managed to scale quickly, I believe. Hmm. Were you making decent, decent money through the property? Um, yeah, I mean, the Airbnb company um, hit, we did seven figures in, in the first, uh, the, in the second year of operating when we had the, the 60 units under management. Profit margins on that were like 11%. So it wasn't it wasn't huge um, in terms of uh, revenue compared to net profit at the end of it, but it enabled us to replace our income substantially. Um, yeah, it's, it's still a good business at the age of 23, 24. You know, it's nothing to be sniffed at. Um, do you miss the property? Do you still have proper hands at your property at the moment? <laughs> I, um, I, uh, no. I enjoy, I enjoy my uh, my marketing stuff a lot more. I think that yeah. let's uh, let's leave it at that one. Yeah. So what? So at what at what point did you jump to marketing? Where where, where did the obviously you have a knack in it? I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that you uh, you're an expert in it. But where did where did where did it come from? At what point? What was the sort of catalyst behind you going? Hang on a minute. This is my thought process is is different. Yeah, I mean, when I saw my account start to grow, and to be fair, I did a lot of learning on it. So when I when I started to get one, I guess once I hit around about the four thousand natural, for like the follower mark um, of all property people, all highly engaged, we started to look into strategies to really start to grow and accelerate it because there's okay. so many different things that you can do from mass connecting with people through to um, really highly engaging content and making sure that you're putting a message which is really eye-catching to hashtag and really understanding how they work um, to paid media also when you start to function in that. There's so many different elements that we went in to really try and learn how they worked. And we just applied it to my account mainly. Um, we're just implementing trialing and testing. And it was in April, uh, March last year, March 2019, um, which I went into a, a new mastermind and my mentor at the time, Nick, um, who I think you've had a couple of people on that are also on this mastermind. Um, yeah. He basically said, look, we were doing some property education at the time, like from my Instagram profile, my biggest success from it is I created a a guide to serviced accommodation with with Steve, and I just thought people just kept asking me question after question after question through my Instagram direct messages, and I'm like I'm copying and pasting almost the same answers. So I was like, well, there's <laughs> got to be got to be something here. So we just created the products, stuck a hundred quid price tag on it, and we then kept increasing and increasing, and within like nine weeks, we'd made I think it was just over sixty five grand. 
um, just from direct messaging, story swipe ups, doing polls and just connecting with people. And it was at that point, once we started making that money, where I was like, yeah, there's something here with this whole Instagram marketing thing that I could apply to any business. And that was the advice that Nick pushed me into. Um, and I give all the credit for him for this Instagram business because it was his idea and it's it's blown up ever since. It's been mental. Yeah, that's a very nice point to make. I was having a chat with somebody earlier. You know, we we mentor within my business and my business partner, we mentor with, uh, with somebody and it's easy to give them credit because, you know, you feel like they are the catalyst behind it. But ultimately you some somebody in our industry is a guy called uh chris watkins and, I know, uh, yeah, I know. you know chris right okay and 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 actually chris and probably amongst other likes of gary vaynerchuk and all they always say there's probably only one percent of people that are going to do anything about the stuff that, that we talk about and actually it's all good and well giving credit to the people and i you know i, I could i could agree with you but ultimately you've got to implement and actually work on it just just tell me how many hours a day do you work? Do you reckon? <laughs> um, I actually, my my latest business partner in my marketing company, basically we track everything that I do. Um, like an average day, I start at seven, finish at 10. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning? Uh, oh, I wish, mate. I follow <laughs> in the morning at the moment. We're just really busy. Like with this whole COVID-19 thing, everyone's wanting to take their marketing online. Yeah. Everyone's wanting to develop online income streams. And yeah. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing that's happened, but it's, it's really accelerated our business. And where a lot of people are struggling, I'm just so grateful that um, we've actually been able to help others move forward and keep keep pushing forward in their business. And it's what I'm putting in the hours. I mean, it's just me, my girlfriend, and my other business partner, who's more of a mentor, again, um, running quite a substantial amount of accounts at the moment. So, and <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard at the moment, but it's good fun. It's good fun. So, so with 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 you being where you're at the moment, you're experiencing the life of an entrepreneur, which you've kind of self admittedly said that you kind of fell on this rat run. You've clearly got the bug for it. You've obviously got a talent for it. But but I think one thing I've I, I've stressed, not I've stressed, but what's clear that's come across from people that I've been speaking to is the work that you've got to put in that, 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 that question that I asked about how many hours that you do was a leading question. These I'm going to go and live on a beach and work for three <laughs> hours a day and have this income. It's just not realistic. Where, where, where is, do you see yourself working? Are you obsessed? Have you got the bug for it? Do you see yourself working for 16 hours uh, a day? Or... I'm, a night, I'm a nightmare, mate. I won't lie. I, um, I get bored if I'm not making money and working. I'm, um, my girlfriend tells me off for it all the flipping time. Even on holiday when we were in on, in Croatia for 10 days, I'm securing deals or running content or anything like that. I mean, my life is, is almost in two. It's the Instagram agency, but then it's also my profile because there's benefits of still growing my profile, both from growing my business, but also growing my personal brand. Like personal branding is one of the most powerful things for me right now. And the more time that I put into it, the more results that I get and the quicker I'm able to scale. Like there's no way I would have been able to grow these businesses as quickly as we have um, without my personal brand. It's the, been the biggest thing and the, the social presence, the exposure is why I talk about it so much because it just elevates you. Um, I mean, you must see it with this podcast now, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the, 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 you know, the podcast, I suppose, is in its infant stages, but is is sort of blown up very, very quickly. Just, I mean, I've mm. I've, I've managed to get on some uh, fantastic people, and to be honest, I don't really say a right lot, and also. <laughs> 
it's very selfish because I take inspiration from uh, from from people who are doing the right thing, uh, you know. And I don't, I don't think you can ever pretend to be an. Whilst I think I'm an expert in 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 real estate, and 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 I think you're an expert in what you do. I, you know, you're in a mastermind group. I have got a coach. I think from from when I was sort of 16, 17, and I I wouldn't say that I had a I, I wasn't exposed to it personally in terms of success, but I was exposed to it sort of, um, I could see, I, I met people who were very successful and I was in London and it was a micro environment. I was like, I want this. I always thought uh, when I own my business, tell you what, I am going to absolutely kick off my shoes and chill. And I think <laughs> it, is, it is the total opposite. When, when I, when I got into uh, my current business with my business partner who had built the business up before I got there, I'd never worked so much in my life, and you you, you then start to realise, hang on, you know, not the the old saying is nothing in life worth having comes easy. That's such yeah. an easy cliche saying, but I think until and I everyone always said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's easy for you to say driving around in your Porsche 911 Turbo, <laughs> but but you don't see what goes on behind, and I think that's why. I'm in really interested in digging deep into the people and understanding what their hours are, what the sacrifices are, and what the DNA of people is. Because not everybody can run a business and own a business and, and, and have that. Mm. And actually, it's, it's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the word entrepreneur is, is and as Gary Vee, and obviously you know Gary Vee and listen to him, I listen to him as well. He, he brandishes it around. It's become a very sort of popular um, word to, to brandish around. I think we're going to see the real entrepreneurs during the covid uh, scenario but it, it, it's not easy you can't just think right i'm going to work hard and it'll be great you have to have consistency you have to have uh, drive determination yeah, the, the amount of times i wanted to quit has been has been mental like because actually I, I had a really nice job like i was a i was a sales manager for a, a car leasing company I had a really nice car i had a pension that was great i had i was earning more money than i knew what to do with and it was only boredom that made me leave. I was just like, it's just too easy. And I was like, I need a challenge. Like I need to be pushed. And there's been moments where I'm like, I could go back to that job. Like I won't lie, I was earning 50, 60 grand a year, working from home, driving around the country. Like I was having a flipping great time. 25 days of annual leave. I don't even know what annual leave is these days. Um, <laughs> like I do miss it sometimes, like, especially... And I always talk about this, like I'm really passionate about getting this message across because owning your own business is not for everyone. And I've had my moments where I've doubted it because there is so much responsibility, especially when you start having staff in point. Like I've had to, I hired a couple of my friends back in October and then I had to let them go like three months later because it didn't work out. And I lost well, one very, very good friend of mine um, and the other one I don't talk to as much as I used to. So like, there's tough things that come with running your own business. And actually, you go from leaving one job to having six. And it's not it's just something you either love or you, or you don't. But I think, you know, you can train yourself to want to be in business and you want the nice things. And the whole reason why mantra of if your goal strong enough and your reason why strong enough, then you can get anywhere. But actually, you've got to look at what lifestyle you want because I'm doing this now because I love it and I can see the results. And although there's crap days, there's also really good ones. And I take the good and the bad and take the stuff out of the middle. But mm. fundamentally is if I need to build the lifestyle that I want, I've got to make sure that I'm setting it up in the right way. And that comes for me from from experience. So you talked to, um, you, well, you say talk, you mentioned earlier about 
sort of the idea of having the flash cars and the big houses and you said that the motivation slightly changed was it that was it that and and, and I'm, I'm not i'm not putting words into your mouth so you, you hit shoot me down straight away but what i thought from a very young age was that i wanted the big house and the fancy cars and that has never changed for me i'm not afraid to say it that's my motivation um you know people say that they want to help people they want to change things and they want to change the world leave a legacy that's totally fine but i think where i felt my motivation changed was that where i wanted a big house and a porsche 911 at 30 i realized that actually my, the, my my end goal is to perhaps get there and, and there's a there's a gap in the middle and and i had to realign my expectations my family expectations my wife my kids and everything else to get there but you said your motivation changed so how did it change and, and has it changed for the long term where are you going what's going to happen yeah well i mean i still want the nice things don't get me wrong like i i like my technology like i've got like two monitors in here i've got two different laptops i'm a bit of a geek when it comes to tech now um i haven't got a top of the range car i mean i could probably get one but at the moment i kind of like seeing my bank balance being reinvested into building long-term wealth it's kind of my own mindset now a bit of a shift but for me like i get a big kick out of other people telling me i'm doing a good job um and when i'm working with clients when i'm working with business partners they know how to work me they want me to work hard they keep telling me i'm doing well they give me a kick up the ass when i've done something not right but they keep pushing me forward and i like have a certain criteria of client uh, that need to come through they need to be willing to treat me like a partner um, to grill me if something is not what they want and to praise me when it's flipping done well you do that like you'll get the best out of me like i'll work as many hours i need to, to deliver the result and that for me is what I work towards now. I've, it took me about a year and a bit to realize it, mm. but it was actually, it's an ego thing. Like I like having my, uh, like a pat on the back and the stroke on the head, like the good little dog that I want to be. But, um, <laughs> but for me, really, it's that as long as I'm delivering a, delivering a result and I'm earning good money doing it, like I need, to, my prices are set high enough now where I get rid of all the people that, it's bad to say it, but I got fed up with dealing with people that didn't have any money and were investing their last pennies with me, hoping that I could deliver a miracle. Okay. I'm point blank now. Like I work with certain companies that need to have an investable marketing budget. And from there, I can then work a long-term 12, 18-month, two-year strategy to send the brand through the stratosphere. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm making these, trying to make these people flipping famous. That's my ultimate aim. Um, and we're doing a good job doing so. Like we're gaining some good momentum with the people that we're working with. And yeah, that's what drives me now. The nice things are great, but ultimately it's flipping good feedback and feeding the, the ego that I've got. I, I don't hide it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stroke the dog, stroke the bloody dog. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 somebody, uh, somebody that you know said uh, in in some kind of webinar, he said, uh, this at the very beginning of the lockdown, he said uh, businesses are looking at their costs, and that is the right thing to do. Um, but businesses uh, looking at their marketing costs, he said it, it's like, and he probably stole it from somewhere. I'm going to tell you who it was in a minute because you know him. <laughs> he said um, it's like um, uh, it's like when you've cut your leg it's like turning the heart off, <laughs> right? And I think that was a great, I think it was Phil. Really it good. Was, it's Phil Jones. Uh, it's it was good, Phil. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good way of saying it because it's like in order, to, in order to heal the wound, you need the heart to pump. And actually, I thought that was a really good analogy of doing it. So what I find interesting is I'm talking to you now 
<coughs> excuse me, three weeks into the lockdown. And what you've just said is, is that your business is, is thriving. And actually, clearly, you're not a, a, a cheap, you're a service business. You're a results-driven business, clearly, which is, mm. which is what I empathize with totally. And you're getting the business pushed through, which is quite um, refreshing to see that uh, there's people out there who can appreciate that spending money on marketing is important. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've lost, like, we haven't lost them. We put them on pause. And so we have a thing with a couple of our customers where we've basically just through the goodwill and the fact that we've just enjoyed working with them, we've prolonged their contract and just given them a 30 day lapse. And you know what? We'll continue delivering, hold on fire. We'll catch it up at the end of the contract. Right. We know cash flow is tight and we totally get it. Like we're not naive enough to think that like cut off ties, see you later and no. um, we'll, we'll find someone else. But um, no. like appreciating, I think for me, there's certain businesses which want to to scale and, and hit a certain level. And there's some who are, are quite happy where they are. And mm. we want the businesses that want to scale, want to push forward. We're working with, we're not working with the number one businesses in, in their niche. We're looking for business number two, three, four, yeah. and five that are chasing that big fish at the top. Because number one, are settled. They're happy where they are. They're kind of, we're number one. We don't need to work as hard. Whereas two, three, four, and five are like, we're hungry. We're ready to try anything that we can to get above these guys. And that's what we're feeding off right now. That's where we're really pushing. Okay, Mr. Chris Taylor, let's get some juicy content for the people that are listening right now. This would normally cost any any listener right now, if you want to get this advice from Chris Taylor, it would normally cost you tens of thousands of pounds. But Chris, <laughs> Chris is going to give it here right now for free. Give us some, just listen, I don't want you to necessarily brain dump, but try if you can, just give some advice on, and, and let's focus on either small startup influencer low-key level people that are wanting the proper juicy advice on how they can grow their instagram yeah so i mean there's two key things that i always say um when i'm doing my first introduction bits of training but i'll go into a bit more detail for you here the first bit is about simply telling people what it is that you do and what it is that you're learning um so documenting your journey i spoke about it at the beginning but it would be contradictory of me not to say it because that was what accelerated my profile growth it was telling people what it is that i did no matter who was listening i was telling people the absolute actions that i was taking to move forward and most importantly i was telling people how they could do the same if they wanted to follow me on that journey and what i was learning through the mistakes that i was making people saw good value in that And for me, doing that consistently enough, like people always tell me like, oh, I've not got time to create content and I only want to do one bit a week or I want to do like, I don't be around the bush here, like one a day, every day, get something out, which is just telling people what it is that you've done. Don't give a crap about whether people, like the masses are going to hear it or you've only got one follower or you're only getting one like, because my whole mantra is if you can just help one person be inspired to follow is what you're doing or just to tell a friend about who you are then you are making a difference and that content is worth being created every bit of content needs to be treated like an asset for your business because it's being seen by the public so just get started just post 
a little video, a photo. It could be if it had been word caption for all I care, but just get something out, which is getting people captured, their attention captured to your username. You want to start driving traffic to that username, which is unique to you. So that's the first bit is get yourself known, be visible, because the more visible you are, like you've said it earlier, um, I gained credibility really quickly for only one reason. It was because I was visible. People didn't see anyone else doing what I was doing. They just saw me doing it. So therefore, when it came to wanting to work with that person, whether it was an investor wanting to invest, someone wanting to learn, or now someone wanting me to do their marketing for them, they only did that because they saw me and they started to build a relationship up with me from me just putting out and telling my story. So getting started, document your journey, rule 101, the only thing that anyone should do right at the beginning. The second bit is to treat social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, the core three, um, like a networking event that you'd go to anywhere else. So everybody for me is like, I always use this analogy, right? Like, have you ever watched the social network? Um, oh, yeah, Facebook I love story, it. Right? Yeah, love so it, yeah. like the whole name of that film like social media was built to network and yet everyone's afraid to talk to each other. Uh, now this whole pandemic kicks off and now that's all people do online now is we're Zoom calling, we're, we're messaging on Facebook, we're WhatsApping, we're FaceTiming and we're doing what social media was used for. So networking, talking to people, not being afraid to hit that follow button. Um, connect with them as much as you can because the more conversations that you have, not only are you triggering the algorithms to then start showing your content to that person, which helps your reach and your exposure, but it's also building that one-to-one -one element, which is going to be very, very vital when you're starting to build up a community and your following should be treated the exact same way as your communities that you're building online or offline. And it's just having those enough one-to-one -one conversations where you're giving value that they feel that you can be then be recommended to one of their network. Oh, I mean, I've got a question to add on to that, but my God, anybody who's listening to this, my account details are 3069714. You can send me half the cost. Uh, no, but um, just on that, on that last point that you made, the engagement in the community. So it, if you get a message from somebody, it's obvious. Well, I say it's obvious. It's obvious, and what you've just said is reply back, ask questions, engage. But what about going out there and trying to engage with people before they've met you? How much time did you spend on doing that, and how important is that? Um, like a hell of a lot. So we were spending like a minimum of twenty minutes a day. Like we're not talking hours and hours. We're talking like small, efficient time slots dedicated to meet new people. So, so what, what were you doing? What, where were you finding people, and what were you commenting? Who, who were? So we were looking for people right at the beginning to invest with us. So looking for people to invest deal, invest money into our deals because we wanted to scale. We wanted to build up an investor list. So I was using LinkedIn to start with. So I was I was searching financial directors managing directors, marketing directors, sales managers, people that I knew um, in London as well. I might add, you can take this tip. It's been, I've said it a lot now. Um, it's on my profile actually from like a month ago, but basically taking that information and just sending introductions to them, knowing that they were earning good money. Um, they were working in London, which meant that they probably didn't have access to that good of cash flowing deals um, and also didn't have any time. 
And that was everything that we had. We had the knowledge, access to the area, and also the knowledge to be able to then invest their money wisely. And all we were doing was opening up a conversation. like, hey, look, I'm waiting to connect. Um, not enough people talk on social media these days. Just thought I'd reach out and say hello. Um, what is it you do? Whereabouts are you based? Um, and then from there, the polite thing that normally people do is they ask what you do. And when you're in property or whenever you're in any niche, when you're hitting your target market right, um, you can hook them very, very quickly with the second message of, yeah, I help this person. Normally, I do this. I help people get this result or I help people with this issue. Um, if that sounds like something that of interest to you, why don't we book a call? And that was the kind of angle that we took at it. I guess it's volume at that stage. I mean, I I, I have, I think, I think look, to add on to that point that you've made there, Chris, I know I'm asking you the question, but as a receiver of these messages, I think for me, the content of what you're saying and the volume of what you're doing has got to be important because if I don't have 15 LinkedIn messages daily about the same thing, can I connect your network? Five years ago, it, it was um, it was it was fine, and um, now it, it's becoming a little bit monotonous. But I genuinely applause people who would give me the different type of content. Content, sorry, the content of what they're saying. It's got to be rather than, hey, hope you're well. Notice that you work in real estate. Do you want to join my network? So here's the, here's the trick. Here's the trick for people. Um, I've had the most success from this. I've had anything. Audio voice note. Because when anyone sees an audio voice note, number one thing they do is they play it. And then as long as you hook them with, look, hey, Andrew, look, great to connect, man. Like, um, I see you're working in real estate, but um, what I'd like to know is actually whereabouts are you based and what's going on in your life right now? And just have a general conversation. And I always throw in the thing that people don't talk on social media right now. Like I throw the guilt trip in that makes you then respond. Because if you don't, you're just a dick, really, aren't you? Let's be honest. So uh, I look to really get that. Uh, just try and get that response out. I always lay it on thick. Like, look, people don't talk enough on this platform. I'm a flipping social media person. I'm looking to network. Um, what is it you do? Where are you based? Let's see if we can connect and, and do something together. Okay, so you've just you've two things I want to mention. You have just you've just risen the bar there with the audio note. I think that's incredible. If if I get an audio note, you absolutely. In fact, if I could show you a message here, I got an audio note. In fact, I didn't. I got a message from a friend of mine who runs an estate agency business down in uh, Essex. And uh, he messaged me today, and my reply was an audio note because it's quicker. Mm -hmm. And I think that is an absolute gem because what you talked about before is being ahead of the game. I don't get enough audio notes. And if I got an audio note, I'd do it. Second thing I want to say, Chris, is I want to do it for for a few seconds. Is It's 8 o'clock. It's Thursday. Can we just have a quick round of applause for the NHS? I didn't realize that you were there. I didn't realize either. I can hear yeah. the clapping now, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. I just wanted to, to drop that one in there. My wife just put her head around the door because we, you know, whilst we're all stuck inside, and uh, doing what we're doing and the podcasting and li trying to live our lives. Uh, what Somebody might listen to this podcast in 2025, which would be amazing. But what you mm. don't realize is that on the 16th of, of April, uh, we're in three weeks in the middle of a lockdown scenario during the COVID-19. And we've just been told that it's been extended for another three weeks. And the doctors and nurses and postmen and uh, shop assistants and care home workers and everybody else has just been told that uh, we're still in this sort of uh, you know horrific pandemic and uh, every Thursday we clap 
at eight o'clock and I've been doing it with my family. And we'll meet my wife because my kids are in bed. Um, but what is that outside? What's I don't even know if you can hear it. Our road goes hear. absolutely mental. With they like, they've got symbols, the plates, and pans. Cut. Yeah, oh pots and God, pans. Honestly, yeah, like my window's even shut. Like I can hear it through my wall. Like yeah, I can hear it. It's very. I think it's very telling. Uh, but I wanted to just pause there and just say, you know, they're doing an amazing job. I, I don't want to sort of dwell on it because I'm not being selfish about what the podcast is. But you know, we're being told about it left, right, and centre. But listen, the audio, no, I effing love that. In fact, now I've been swearing before. I fucking love that. <laughs> that's a superb little touch there because not. I think that's where the next stage is going. What I've noticed is in the last six months is my own friends have started to message me on audio a little bit more, yeah. and that. that that's where the change starts, isn't it? You start getting. I remember when Facebook became popular in two thousand and seven. It's because somebody that I used to I, I used to go out with years ago went to university. They were on Facebook. I joined it in two thousand and seven because they run it was a university thing, and then it was like young people are on it, old people are on it, everybody's on it. So I think voice notes is a great point. Mm. Moving moving things along uh, a little bit because you've, you've got a great story. And actually, I don't want to give too much away. I think anybody who wants advice, they can do one simple thing, and that is go to your Instagram. And I'm going to ask you in a moment how to, how to find you. But you mm. give so much free content away. And I think the most important thing about anybody doing anything at the minute is just doing it. Yeah. Hundred percent, mate. Like, like for me, it's like no one's got any excuses right now not to have their voice heard. And I've always had this mantra. Mantra. I don't know if that's the right word, but either way, I'm going to go with it. Um, I've always had this kind of feeling where if you're the person that seemed to be helping in the time where people need the help the most, when things start to pick up again, who's the business they're going to come to to help them further? And that message has served me very, very well from helping people that are struggling in the Airbnb world, people that are struggling financially. Like, I'm not looking to take money. I'm looking to help them. And then if I can get to a stage where they've absolutely nailed a result and they want to work with me further, then great. But I release everything online. Like, you can find every bit of content of mine all online on my profile. Um, All people pay me for is the structure and the delivery and the personal one-to-one stuff that we then deliver after that. Yeah, I, I um, was uh, in a webinar today. Was it today? Yeah, it was this. It was this morning, I think. Yeah, and um, they, they played a video from when the Ebola pandemic was was kicking off, and uh, there was a speech given by the head of the World Health Organization or something. And uh, the point of this being played was speed beats perfection. Mm-hmm acting fa- and 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 the, so the reason this was being played was nothing to do with nothing to do with uh, the corona situation it was to do with business and don't get me wrong writing a legal binding contract between you and somebody else needs to be correct so let's just not just assume that <laughs> you've got to do everything fast but when it comes to when it comes to the likes of social media and the marketing speed beats perfection and acting yeah. on and acting on maybe trends or something that's going on at the moment doing something is better than doing nothing. So basically, doing nothing is a bigger risk than doing something. So if anybody's thinking, should I do this, should I do that, the bigger risk is doing nothing because you're going to yeah. get no activity. Yeah, no, 100%. It's um, yeah. something that we talk about all the time, all the time. Good. Right, uh, Chris, before I let you go, this has just become uh, a, a, a part and parcel of the podcast. And uh, I feel like I feel like if I don't ask you these questions, then I'd be doing myself a disservice. First question, First question is... 
Do you have a routine? You mentioned that you start work at seven, blah, blah, blah. Have you got a routine? Is it important to you? Isn't it important to you? Give me your opinion on that. Um, I do have a routine, whether it gets followed every day. I'm, I can't lie. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes I get up a bit later. Um, but I mean, really, really important things to me. Um, coffee as soon as I wake up, pint of water as soon as I wake up, hydrate myself massively, um, and then go for a walk. Um, I don't run at the moment. It was still walking. Um, and then for me, logged on by eight. That's the big thing for me. Um, really simple stuff on my walk, audiobook, podcast, motivational shit. And um, Okay. From there, I'm off. Do, so, so uh, the reason I started asking this question was there's, there's there's a lot of fads that go along. I had a guy on the podcast. It was the first one, a guy called Lawrence, and uh, he he runs his own he does his own podcast with a, with a business friend of his, and it's called Fads and Dads, and they specifically talk weekly about fads. It's it's a really interesting podcast because they they actually challenge each other to fads within the week, and they were <laughs> talking about routine, and it got me into asking the question because lots of people have this opinion, and I love Gary V's. Uh, interpretation of it because he talks about work hard work hard work hard but the last thing he says is i get my eight hours of sleep I need <laughs> my eight hours of sleep and it's it, i think it's individual so I, I had one person who said to me listen andrew i get up at half past four and i go to the gym but that does not make me a successful businessman no, it makes me it makes me a successful person because if i go off the rails it's because i've not stuck to my routine and that's his that's his own admission in his personal floor because of the things that he's gone through in his life i had one chap who said andrew i'll get up at 10 i'll get up at nine i'll get up at eight the one thing that's a routine for me is faith and it's not necessarily that i believe that god created everything it's that faith creates a discipline for me so that's the route that I'm going down. Is it? Is it the fact that it creates a discipline for you that you can know that you're switched on, that you're, that you're mentally focused? Yeah, I think having a discipline definitely helps. Having the discipline makes me perform better, no doubt. Like when I've got a routine, I like before lockdown. Like I had, I was strict. Like I was up at certain times. I was out of the house. I was in the gym. Then working from the gym for a little bit. Then I went to the office. Worked for the office. But there was a real routine in there. Lockdown has just thrown that in the air. Like I think everyone now. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed it even with content. Is that it's like we've almost moved an hour. So like yeah. everyone's getting up an hour later. Everyone's checking their phones an hour later. Everyone's going yeah. to sleep an hour later. Um, and I've almost adjusted into that time zone. Like I'm going to sleep. And like flipping two o'clock in the morning where before I was asleep by midnight. So it's like yeah. two hour difference. And I've noticed it with everybody. Like everyone's up texting me like at 11. I'm like, you're normally asleep at night. Like, you're never <laughs> messaging me. But that's just lockdown world, mate. It's just crazy. I wish, I, w I just wish to God that my children had the same <laughs> lockdown routine changing mentality. Because trust me, I'm, I mean, I'm sat here. You've seen me. You're sipping water because you probably focus. And I know that just before getting on this podcast, you were doing your own podcast, which I'm going to ask you about in a moment. And mm. But I'm sat here sipping a glass of wine because it's what I enjoy doing when I'm working on a nighttime. But listen, I totally agree with you. I wish my bloody kids. And do you know what? Ruben, Mason, and Charles, when you listen to this when you're older, <laughs> right? You are absolute nightmares. Okay, listen. Last question I've got for you because you talked about your you you you, you fell into the. I don't want to sort of. You know, I don't, I don't want to sort of like uh, call it the, the the rabbit hole, but you clicked on that Facebook ad, you ran down the rabbit hole, and you learned a lot. So I'm assuming that you're a guy who listens to lots of books, reads books, maybe podcasts. Give me your top one, two, or three books that you've either read or listened to. Yeah, I'll try and think of some that probably the others didn't say. That, but there's one that I have to say because it changed my life. That was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think everyone's flipping must have gone through that book. But um, anyone in property, real estate, 
about financial education, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for me was the thing that when I read it, I was like, oh my God, I've been an idiot for like the last, ever since I turned 18, because I got into a load of debt when I was younger through, um, I had a gambling addiction. Um, I talk about it a lot, but um, yeah, I, if I'd have known about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I had my 18th birthday, I would not have found myself in tens of thousands of pounds of debt. Right. So, so just very quickly, um, mm. you, you just mentioned a gambling addiction, which was like, yeah. spark, which just sparked a, 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 a raise of the eyebrow. You say you talk about it a lot. What was what was that about? Real quick. Um, yeah, so um, I basically won a load of money on my 18th birthday in the casino and then lost a shit ton of money afterwards, um, quite simply. So I went from my first night, I walked out with like 1,600 quid um, from like 50 pound free bet. Um, and then over the about a two year period, um, working, going to the casino afterwards, I was like in the casino all night, then going back to work, not even having a shower. Like I was really bad, but I ended up sure. in like 25 grand of consumer debt by I was 20. So yeah, bigger, big learning curve. I have a very addictive personality. When I'm in on something, I'm like all in. And um, gambling took that, unfortunately, from me at the beginning. Cricket had it before that. Then I had that crisis and it sent me on a bit of a spiral. It was actually, um, to get in, I always say on podcasts where I go into because he means the world to me. My um, granddad died three years ago. And that was the moment where everything flipping triggered and went for me because it just made me realize how short flipping life is, man. And ever since that moment, I've just made sure that I've lived every single day. Um, and that was when I started to read all these self-development books, mate, to be fair. Amazing. Do you know what? Um, I'm going to cut the previous 56 minutes of this podcast and I'm just going to put that bit in the beginning of it because you know what? Everybody's human. And I mm. think that's really, really important to say. And for anybody who's looking at the likes of, I don't know, Richard Branson, Elon Musk. I'm not quite sure if Elon Musk is a human, let's be honest. <laughs> and, you know, but, but anybody, <laughs> wherever, you, wherever you claim you know, to be successful, you know, everybody's human. And that's one of the most important things about my, my, my podcast is to, to get the story from people. It really, really interesting because you're – what you just said about gambling will resonate with, I imagine, so many people about whether it's to a, a bigger degree or a lesser degree of just being, you know, sort of in and on it. But look at you now, mate. I mean, fucking hell. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely, it was definitely a, a motivator. Definitely. Good. Good. No, listen, I love that. So Rich Dad, Paul Dad, I haven't listened to it. I haven't read it. I've just written it down when you get it on my list. And I, no way I have you not read that book. You're a real estate dude. How have you not read that book? No, I can't believe it. Because actually, literally, I think everybody on the podcast has said it. Um, but I'm not a reader, Chris. I must say, I have never read a book from beginning I to the end of my life. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I, I, I'm not quite sure why I wasn't tested. Maybe because I'm just... I, I think as a young child, let's say teenager, I was a very good blagger. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I won, I won a, um, an award at the prom for James Bond, shaken and not stirred. And I'm... It's <laughs> impressive. I'm not smooth. I'm not smooth. I just think I'm right, right? But I never actually finished a book. And and, I, and my, my wife will, will say this. In fact, all my friends will say this. And all my colleagues, when I write on a piece of paper, it looks like a, a spider's just, um, I've said this on every podcast, but a spider's just sort of trickled through some ink and run across the page. You can't read my writing. <laughs> I can't read. I can't spell. So I'm probably as close to being dyslexic as they come. So listening to podcasts is important. Rich Dad Port, that's going on next. Give me one more before we go, if you can. Give me one more book. Yeah, so um, for me, like at the expert world, Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets is probably one of the best audio books um, I've listened to. It was a um, fantastic listen. 
Expert Secrets. It is, yeah. yeah. Very, very good book. Very good. Good. Well, I've not been asking anybody to give any context towards their books because I'm just hoping that within the podcast, people can take inspiration from the people that are on here and maybe use this. I mean, look, right now is the perfect opportunity to do some kind of self-development. And whether it's taking your own time to read a book, listen to a book or pay for a professional like you or anybody else that I've had on the podcast to, 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 to give them advice and help on what they're doing. Uh, or at all, somebody who might be listening to this podcast who actually doesn't give a shit about uh, learning a business, but you know, might just, might just be interested in people's stories because I think that's what's interesting to people. But um, let me just cap it off by saying, Chris, uh, it doesn't feel like we've been chatting for an hour, but I must say, mate, I really, really, really appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy man. You're a young man. You've got a lot of shit going on. And I just want to say thank you so much, but not for me, but for everybody listening, for taking the time out and sharing your story and your tips and advice before you go. Um, where on earth can we find you? There's only one place where I'd want you to go. Uh, and that's my Instagram account. It's where I drive oh. all my traffic through. And um, I thought, it's, I thought you were going to, sorry, before you say it, I thought you were going to say, um, Bebo. I thought Bebo. Was Bebo. Be- that's a good one. Good, good. Again. Like, yeah, my yeah. space is still around. I hear oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you're doing all right, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, no, uh, Instagram, uh, it's Chris Taylor.ig. Um, is is my username and um, we're just launching a new podcast actually as well so we've got some personal brand um, people coming on influencers of the world that I've worked with and and want to work with in the future Um, it's called brand you um, with the letter u after it um, which will be released I believe we're going on the first of May launch so that will be something to keep an eye out but if you follow me on Instagram you'll see a hell of a lot of content around brand new coming up trust me Top man, absolutely top man. I've loved having you on and I really, really appreciate it. Thursday, the 16th of April, 2020, Chris Taylor, Mr. Bloody Instagram. Chris, thank you, mate. I'm going to close the broadcast down and I'll speak to you soon. Pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Two words. Thank you. And uh, if I was a man of many words, I'd be saying thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's been absolutely fantastic. Christopher Taylor smashing the back doors out of that interview. Um, But I'm not a man of many words. I'm a man of many, many words. And therefore, I would say if you have the opportunity to uh, review any of my podcasts, do you know what? Bloody hell, do it. Do it for me. Do it for the starving children in this household that I am currently living in. Uh, in the middle of April during the coronavirus, going absolutely mental. Chris Taylor, absolute legend. Guys, stay tuned for my up and coming podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope you really found that riveting. Cheers. Shout out to Joshua Edward Patrick Mitchell Smith. If you've made it this far, you'll tag me in a post. <laughs>